Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Remain standing, if you will. If you have your Bibles with you, we always encourage everyone to bring their paper Bibles so that you can know how to navigate through the Scriptures. It's very important to know the Word of God. And if you turn to the book of Haggai, one of the minor prophets, one of the uh, last few books of the Old Testament, the book of Haggai, chapter 1, we're going to continue our series we started last week called Unstuck. The book of Haggai chapter 1 and we're going to read from verse number 2 down through to, to, 11, to verse 11. I'm going to few, quite a few verses of reading that I'm going to read very quickly. Amen. If you have it, say, I got it. If not, say, don't got it. Amen. If you don't have your Bible with you, we have the scriptures on the screen. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts. I'm reading from the King James Version saying, this is what God is saying. This people says, the time is not come, the time the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord, Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain the new wine and the oil and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth on man and livestock and all the labor of your hands amen the children of Israel found themselves in this kind of cycle they were stuck they were eating food but they weren't being satisfied they were drinking but it wasn't really fulfilling them they were working, and they, they were making money, but they're putting it in the pocket in a bag full of holes. They were stuck. They were stuck in a rut. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Unstuck from the rut. I'm stuck from the rut. Let us pray one more time. Uh, sadly, uh, yesterday we, we lost a dear friend of this church, Sister Catherine Kronfeld. 
And uh, our, our condolences go out to Sister Betty and Brother Ray and the family at this time. We want to pray for Sister Catherine's family. Pray, pray for God's comfort and peace upon them during this time. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we are saddened by the loss of your daughter. We find comfort in knowing that she is in your hands and that she is in, no longer in pain and suffering. But Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us your grace in the time that this friends and family have shared with her. We pray, Lord, for her family, for, for Sister Betty, Brother Ray, and all of the family. We ask you to give them your peace and your comfort today. We ask you for your strength and consolation that only your presence can give. We ask you, Lord God, to be with all of her family, even at this time, as, Lord God, they continue to mourn the loss of their dear mother. We thank you once again for your help. And for your word here this morning, we pray that you'd speak to us, that you'd anoint your servant and your people, that you'd have your way in this house, and that you speak to us through your word and your servant. To the glory of God, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Thank you, glory to God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Just want to reiterate again, this weekend we have Uprising uh, where the young people are hosting. In a, it's for the whole church, but our Kingdom Elevated Youth will be leading that. And Brother Frankie Taylor is coming all the way from Southern California to be with us. So Friday night, 7.30, make sure you're here. All of our church, we ought to be here. And uh, if you know any young people that, that need God, I mean, all young people need God. Everybody needs God. But uh, bring them along. Friday night, 7.30. Saturday night at 6.30. It's for everybody. It's a great time of, of a weekend revival with, with our youth. Amen. The, the children of Israel in the story find that, as I said, they're in this kind of vicious cycle that many of us may be familiar with. Ever felt like that? That, uh, you know, you're, you're constantly working and you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and yet somehow you just can't seem to get ahead. And we're doing things, uh, we're busy, and, and, and we're eating and we're drinking like it says here in Scriptures what the children of Israel were doing. And yet they were still not satisfied. They were, uh, as it were, stuck in this, this kind of a rut. You know, that there's a saying, gets, you're stuck in a rut. Ruts are, are indentations on a, on a road or a pathway that is made, this is back in the old days, by carts that are being pulled by, by horses or, or cattle. And the wheels, and of course before they had paved roads, in the dirt roads, the wheels would make indentations on, on that road, and that's what's called a rut. And so given enough, enough wheels going on through the same thing, they, it would create a rut that's deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so when another a cart comes along, they, they automatically get swayed into that same rut, those same indentations that are on the road. And, and we use that as a figure of speech to tell us, that we can get stuck in a rut. We can get stuck in the same place, in the same kind of holding pattern of, of habits, of mindsets, of, of understanding. That like the children of Israel here, uh, they were 
stuck in, in a rut that they could not get out of. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, it, it can even happen to, to Christians, well-meaning Christians, that, that somehow you, you, you get saved, you become born again, you start going to church. And yet we still find ourselves seemingly in this kind of thinking, this cycle where we are, we are stuck in the same place. We feel like we're, uh, you know, we're, we're busy, but yet we're, we're not getting ahead. We're, we're eating, and yet it's, still, it's not satisfying. That's what he's saying. That's what God is saying to the children of Israel, is that they're doing all of these things, and yet they, they're still not growing. There's still no development. And for the child of God, it is not too dissimilar. In fact, I think research shows about, about 10% of people who come to God who come to church, they'll, they'll start coming to church, and then they'll uh, go into perhaps uh, maybe once or twice a year, they'll, they'll come to church. The other 10%, another 10%, according to research, actually begin to expand and grow and, and develop their spiritual character. They begin to realize their calling, their, their deeper calling, and they begin to experience what God had called them for. That leaves 80%. And, and according to this statistic, 80% of Christians never really realize their potential in God. That they just simply go to church, go and, and go through the motions of church, go through what they're supposed to do, and, and never really fully go beyond that. They never get deeper. You know, that, that's our theme for the years, deep and wide. They... They stay simply in the shallow end of the pool, and they never delve into or dive into the deep. And I want to remind you today, brothers and sisters, that there is so much more in God that we can explore. There are depths to the Spirit of God that we have yet to even scratch the surface. Amen. Amen. I believe that God is calling us, this church, and calling you as an individual to enter into a deeper walk with God. It's to come to know Him in a deeper way. And, and, and get out of this, as it were, this, this hole, this rut, this pattern that is so vicious that, that we feel like we're not making any movements. And, and God is saying, that's why... You don't have any of these things. You're not experiencing any kind of growth or development. You're stuck in the same place because all you're concerned about, this was a period in the history of Israel where they had just come out of, of a captivity. They had returned to Israel. And so automatically what they're going to do is simply focus on themselves, on their homes. And God is saying because you, 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 all you're doing is focusing on yourself, your home, your life, your this and that, and you've forgotten about the kingdom of God. You've forgotten about the things of God, the temple. This is why this has happened to you. And what God is, is saying is he's revealing a spiritual truth in this word. He's revealing a spiritual principle that I want you to understand. If you are going to find fulfillment, if you are going to be everything that God had created you to be, You've got to go beyond just fulfilling your own personal desires. Amen. 
God is not expecting that, that we don't look after ourselves. He's not expecting that we don't, we don't become wise stewards, that we don't look after our bodies, that we don't become wise stewards of our money. He's not saying that. He's not saying that we shouldn't brush our teeth and, and look up after our hygiene. He's not saying that we shouldn't do any of these things. But what he's revealing is if it's, your life is simply focused on yourself, you will be unsatisfied. You will be utterly discontented if your life's focus is simply on what you can get and what's in for you. What God is trying to say is what's good for your life is if you focus on the Lord first. If you put God in the right priority order. Oh, I've come to help somebody here this morning. I want you to understand something. Maybe you've tried, you've worked hard, and yet you still feel empty. You've done everything that you can to make sure that your life is right, that you put it all together. But if there's a missing ingredient in your life, it's that God element that you've got to put as number one. He's got to be priority. He's, you, you, you've got to change your focus. You've got to look to God as he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and make him as your commitment and your focus and your priority. And when God is number one, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. He said, yeah, all of these, uh, all of the, the heathen nations, they're, they're running around doing everything to try and get ahead for themselves. But here's what Jesus said, but seek ye first the king kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things whatever you have need of it will be added to you hallelujah if you want to get stuck you want to get out of that rut you want to get unstuck from the rut that you've been holding in this holding pattern I want you to know you've got to look to Jesus you've got to put God as number one you've got to plead your allegiance to him and commit yourself that means committing your whole life it's not good enough just to have one part and just to, once a week, one day out of the seven belongs to you. God, no, he's got to have your every day belongs to him, your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, man, I don't have time. I've only got 10 minutes, so I got to hurry. What do you have to do? Of course, here's what you got to do, what, what, what the, the, the word of God tells us from the mouth of Haggai the prophet, he said, consider your ways. This is a very, very simple message here this morning. Consider your ways. In other words, you have to think about your thinking and your behavior. If you find yourself stuck in the same rut created, to, created by your, your parents, your, your grandparents, your forefathers. We talked about that last week about being stuck in the past. And sometimes we can continue in today because we're following the same rut, the same kind of habits. Listen to me. What God is saying, you've got to consider your ways. You've got to think about your thinking. Amen. Because unfortunately, even though we're born again, we're baptized in Jesus' name, God washes away our sins. And that's wonderful. That's not unfortunate. But what's unfortunate is, even though we had this amazing experience, yet our minds are not baptized. 
That would be so much easier, wouldn't it? If we could just, uh, you know, just get rid, delete all of the junk and just put, stick a USB or even a download from the iCloud and say, give me new thought patterns, give me new ways, and everything will be all right. No, unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to start to think about how you think and start changing the stinking thinking out of your mind and your heart because no matter how well-meaning you are, regardless of how much you desire and your intentions are right, unless you change your mindset, unless you change the way that you think, you're going to continue in the same rut. You're going to continue in the same pattern. You've got to change your mind. That's why Paul says be to be not conformed to the world. Don't conform your thinking to what you see in the social media and the movies and Hollywood. All of that is junk. But he says, be transformed. How? By renewing. Renewing your mind. Having a new mind. New way of thinking. New way of believing. New way of seeing the world. You've got to have a new mindset. A new worldview that will help you to see. Oh, according to the word of God. You've got to consider. Consider your thinking. We've got to get unstuck from stinking thinking. Oftentimes, we can continue to perpetuate this erroneous mindset that we've been brought up to believe by, by either from, from our, our family of origin or from the environment that we're exposed to. Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. This is, this is why it is so important for us to get into the word of God. Amen. We, we have wonderful revival services in this church. The worship is just, just powerful. It's uplifting, and we thank God for that. The, the preaching, uh, it's all right. But I tell you what, what we want this church to be. We want this church to be to a disciple-making church. That means that the Sunday is, it, this is not the main event. Amen. The Sunday is merely the celebration. The main event happens from Monday to Saturday. When, when you're sitting around the kitchen table. And you're opening up the Bible with somebody teaching you the word of God. In a Bible study. In a connect group. Amen. That, that's where the main event of the church is, is that every single one of us, if you want to break out of the rut, you've got to get into a Bible study. You've got to get into the Word of God. Amen. That's what Jesus did for three and a half years. He didn't have services. He didn't have a mega church, but for three and a half years, he walked, he talked, he lived, he ate, he slept with his disciples. Amen. They went doing it, teaching the word of God for three and a half years. He taught them the Bible. And just before he left this earth, he gave them the great commission. He said, go therefore and make disciples. In other words, what I did with you, you go and do it to everybody else. You go and teach. The why? Because when the Bible gets in here, when I get the word of God in my understanding, in my mind, something begins to transform in my life. The things that I used to think about, I don't think about no more. When I get God's word in my heart, in my mind, I am a new creature. 
Hallelujah. Jesus said, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, oh, you will be new. You will be set free. He said, you shall know the truth. He didn't say you will feel the truth like an emotional high. He didn't say you're going to have goosebumps on the back of your neck, but you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth that's going to make you free. Knowledge of the truth. And this is where we, we can get unstuck from the rut. The same pattern over and over. In and out of church. In and out of church. In and out of church. Come on, we, it's time for us to grow up. Jesus didn't go in and out. He taught them the word of God. The word, the truth, is what set you free. And I'm telling you, what we're living in today, the generation we are living in today, the battle is for truth. Amen. You, you've, got, you've got university professors in our world today, yes, in the Western world, that can't even, can't even declare that there is such a thing as absolute truth. Where, where they... Well, I, I better hurry. I better stop. They, they can't even tell you that there's a woman, what a woman is biologically. We're living in that day and age now where truth is, is something that is relative. Hello, in some places, if I preach like this, I could get locked up. Amen. That, that's what's happening over there in Victoria. But truth is truth, folks. And the way we get out of the rut is continue to allow the truth of God's word to penetrate your mind your heart, I don't know what it is, but, but somehow if I, I refuse to believe the lies that I've believed all of my life, I've got to, when I get the word of God in my brain to tell me that no, I'm not destined for failure. No, I'm not destined to be a loser. When, when those lies keep creeping back up, I've got to get to the word of God and I've got to proclaim and declare. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to open your mouth. Sometimes you simply got to declare the truth of of God's word to yourself. No, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. It's God's word. That's why we ask everybody to join a Bible study. Join a connect group. Because that weekly gathering around God's word, it will start to liberate you. I don't know, it, it, it's, 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 uh, like it's an incremental kind of growth, but as, as it sticks in there, as you meditate upon the Word of God. And by the way, connect group is not a misspelling from us, okay? The K is for a purpose. It's a little play on the Greek word koinonia. That's why we call it connect group. Koinonia means household, home. So we, you know, we use spell check, it's just... So here's the deal. Consider your ways. Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. Why? Because we all have blind spots. Some have bald spots. Some have blind spots. <laughs> Don't believe everything you think because we all have biases. 
We don't have all of the information. We only see a sliver of information. We see oftentimes what we want to see. We don't actually always see the truth. And we actually don't remember as much as we think we do. Our mind fills in the blanks. You, you only get a part of it, only a part of the information, but your mind fills in the rest. From memory, from understanding, from conviction, from your what they call worldview. It's how you see the world. It's the lens by which you process information that comes in. Everyone on the planet has a, a warped, somewhat warped worldview because of sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And that's why we've got to understand what it is that we believe. To get unstuck, you've got to consider your ways. Consider your thoughts, but also consider your behavior. The, the most successful, most prominent therapeutic approach to mental health is called CBT, right? Isn't that right? Cognitive behavioral therapy. In other words, if you want to be helped with your he mental health, you've got to change your mind. You've got to change your behavior. Fancy word when the Bible already told us from the very beginning, repent. That's what it means. That's what, that's what John the Baptist preached. That's what Jesus preached. And that's what Peter on the day of Pentecost, the very first church sermon, he says, repent and be baptized. In other words, change your mind, change your behavior. I, I've got to stop. Musicians, if you could come, I'm out of time. Change your mind, change your behavior. You need to pay attention to not only your thinking, but your behavior, your habits. Somebody said the devil can't read your mind. And if that's true, he can only read your habits. What you habitually, you are what you habitually do. There's a saying that says, that hell is paved with good intentions. That means there's a lot of people that are going to end up in hell who didn't want to go to hell. Their intentions were right. Their intentions were good. But intentions are not enough. I wanted to repent. Oh, I wanted to be baptized. I wanted to live for God. I, I just... No, I'm sorry. There's no clause for that. I'm sorry. There is no purgatory in the Bible where you can make up for a life of sin. No, after your life on earth is through. No, it's what you do that will determine. Jesus never said, he that wants to be born again shall enter the kingdom. It says, he that is born again, except a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born again of water and the spirit. Baptism is an actual physical act. It's not a mental, oh, you know, you can't tell me I, I got baptized in my mind. It's an actual act. To live for God is an actual behavior. I know this is something basic and simplistic. But hear me, we get so caught up in a rut that we, can't, we often can't find ourselves getting out of it. You are... What you repeatedly do. NASA 
the, the, the great uh, space program in the United States. They have SRBs on, on uh, a rocket ship. These SRBs are needed to be shipped by a train to NASA. These massive, what they call SRBs. And the U.S. standard railroad gauge was a distance between rails is four feet and eight and a half inches. That's, that's the old uh, measurement, four feet and eight and a half inches. And so they asked, why was this gauge used? Why did they, why, why, why ever wondered that, that, that question? Why is the length of the trains this, this particular length? Why the train tracks all the same width? Because... And, and the reason why they, they had to have the, it so, such a particular size was because of the way they built them in England. And the English expatriates, they were the ones that built the U.S. railroads. So why did the English build them that way? Because the first rail lines were built by the same people who built the, the pre-railroad tramways. And that's the gauge that they used. And why did they use that gauge? Because the people who built the tramways used the same jigs and tools that they used for building wagons, which used the particular wheel spacing. Okay? Why did the wagons have the particular odd wheels, wheel spacing? This, what they call, uh, four feet, eight and a half inches. Well, if they tried to use any other spacing, the wheel would break on some of the old long distance roads in Europe because of the wheel ruts, the ruts of the wheel. So who built the old rutted roads? Well, Imperial Rome, it goes all the way back to ancient Rome, built the first long distance roads in Europe. And the ruts and the roads? The ruts and the roads were created by the chariot wheels that were pulled usually by two horses. And so what determined the width of the chariot wheels was the width of the two behinds of two horses. The behinds of two horses. So NASA's SRBs that are being transported on this train had to be a particular width because Hundreds, if not thousand years before, a couple of thousand years before, two behinds of horses, the behinds of two horses determined the width of the road. Who knew? Who knew that you had that particular thinking in your mind where it comes from all the way back for something that, that maybe doesn't even really make any sense? But we've got to question why. By simply considering our ways. He says, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains. In other words, elevate your life. Go up to the mountains. You gotta change your environment. If you wanna change your thinking, you gotta change your environment. You gotta you gotta get out away from people who have stinking thinking. You gotta get away from people who are always negative, who who don't believe in Jesus, who don't love God. That's why you gotta be a part of the church. I stand before you today as a testimony that because I came to this church and I, I was transplanted from a life of sin into this life, I was able to change my mindset. I was able to get out of this the rut that I found my life stuck in, destined for, for this destruction.
And today, brothers and sisters, I believe God will do the same. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. I've got to stop. I wish I had more time. But if you want to get unstuck from the rut, it's time to change your thought life, your self-talk, your behaviors, your habits. You've got to start to remove the, the, the bad habits. And you've got to start to incorporate the good habits of coming to the house of God, of praying every day, reading his word. And this will begin to transform you out of that, that seeming destiny that you are headed for that, that will, will only be to your demise. God wants to set you free here this morning. I, I've got to stop, but I believe God wants to, to break a breakthrough in our minds. Like that song that we sing, he wants to set us free. From, from this holding pattern, from this vicious cycle. Maybe it's a, it's a relationship that's toxic and destructive. Maybe it's a habit that continually brings you away from the grace of God. Maybe it's just the negative thought patterns that you continue to reinforce that God wants to set you free here today. Don't underestimate the power of, of an encounter with God. And I believe he's pres presenting himself here this morning to be with us. So with every head bowed, Every eye closed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray right now and ask the Lord to set us free. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for setting us free through the power of your word. You are truth. You are the truth. And today, Lord Jesus, we want to, to break free. We want to be unstuck from this rut that we find ourselves in from this holding pattern that continues to, to bring us in a circle that is vicious, that is constantly bringing us down. Today, Lord God, we want to, to obey your word. We want your word to penetrate our hearts and our minds. We want you to set us free this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give our lives over to you. We repent of our sins. We change our minds. We change our habits, our behavior. And we want to follow on to be with you. We want to enter into the deep of your spirit, into the deep of your presence. We don't want to be stuck in the same shallow end, but God, we want to fulfill your calling upon our lives. We want to see the potential that you have placed in us realized for your kingdom, for your glory, for your purpose. Oh, in Jesus' name right now, Lord, we want your touch. We want your presence. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. I want to open this altar if you'd like to come. Hallelujah. You want to, to break free. You want to be set free in your mindset. You want to make a commitment to God. You desire for the Spirit of God to fill you this day. Again, perhaps what's stopping you from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is a mindset, is a mentality that keeps you from allowing God to fill you from being vulnerable completely in your heart and in your mind. If you've not repented of your sin today, repentance is a powerful gift that God has given to you, an opportunity that you can turn your life around, that you can change your life, your direction, and follow the direction of God. If you need help from God, if you need healing in your body, if you need Him to provide, to give you strength and wisdom, to give you an answer, I want to urge you today, reach out to Him. Wherever you are, hallelujah. If you've not repented of your sins today, be baptized. 
Today you can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can have your sins washed away forever, never to be remembered by God. But you can be set free. This altar is open. Why don't you come?